Welcome back to Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier. Raging Cajun football opens with a win. We, there were, we just gave you all sorts of different uh, awards that the Cajuns have gotten this year. We did not mention Athlon Sports naming Patrick Tony the defensive coordinator of the week. I would have voted for him, Coach. I'd have voted for him. It was um, really a great way to, uh, to start the season with that uh, victory on Saturday. I think, I think the win surprised a lot of people nationally. And at the same time, I remember what you told me when we recorded the pregame show. You said it was important that you go out and you play solid football and that if you're within striking distance at halftime and then you got that little smile on your face that you get sometimes, when you went in 14 to 10, you said to Cody, the Cajuns are here. I knew it was over. I, I, I knew the game was over because you, you didn't come out and say it, but I think that you believed if you were in the game at halftime, you were going to win. Yeah, no, I, I think um, hats off to the defense and the kicking game. I think they really kept us in the game. Uh, but, you know, we had a good plan. You know, I think all three phases, we really understood where the matchups were, uh, where we had an advantage, where it was going to be difficult at times, what we needed to do. Uh, certainly for Patrick to get recognized, I think, is well-deserved. We had an exceptional plan. The players executed. Uh, we affected the quarterback. Uh, we slowed down the running game, and we really played tight coverage on their receivers, forced them to earn everything, gave them no easy ones. They didn't have a play over 20 yards the entire day, and we held them to 99 yards in the second half. So, um, you know, Patrick may be a young guy, but I really think he's one of those bright, you know, kind of wiser than his age types of guys. So very proud for him. Uh, certainly deserves it and um, excited about how he's going to continue to get better. You know, you had um, last year a very prolific offense, and everybody talked about the offense. You know, you had almost – we had over 3,000 yards rushing uh, in the season. You were sixth in the country there, and – Levi threw for 3,000 and 26 touchdowns and four interceptions. And everybody talked about how prolific the offense was. What a lot of people didn't realize is that you held several of your opponents to 20 points or less. You, I think the average was 18 for the season. And a lot of those guys are back. And so I think there might be some, some folks who are really surprised about the defensive performance of your football team but I think, if anything, you underscored how good you were last year right. with your performance on Saturday. Yeah, you know, from year one to year two, we went from 120th in the country in defense to 18th. Um, and, you know, I, I think the, the large majority of those players are back. Um, and I do think that Patrick Tony and, and the defensive staff, they've added wrinkles as we continue to evolve. But... We're different on defense. We've got personnel now. You know, I think we inherited a little bit uh, of a personnel issue. We've recruited well. We've evaluated well. Um, and, and I think a lot of the players that are out there uh, have experience, you know. So um, it was a well-designed plan. I think we've got really good personnel on that side. Um, and I think we're going to continue to be exceptional on defense. I really believe that. I think that um – you know, Farad, of course, got a got a national award, and it was well-deserved because I called his name a lot <laughs> in the game on Saturday. But the job that your defensive backs did in man defense, you know, they don't play a lot of man in the Big 12. They play a lot of zone. 
and the, and the uh, you guys decided to go ahead and play man, but that means you better get it done. Uh, and uh, I mean, kudos to those guys back there. Cam Podesclo was all over the place. He's kind of your Swiss Army knife because he can play so many different positions. But uh, but Eric and AJ did a, a super job at the corner. Percy Butler is uh, is turning into a star in this league, I think. And uh, those guys back there uh, really had to come through because you were facing a really good quarterback, and they got it done. Well, part of their blueprint as a team is defensively, they play a lot of drop eight coverage. They play their wholesale zone team. When they do play man, they play off technique. So you think about what they see in practice each and every day. They get a lot of easy access, free uh, runs at the secondary. So we thought going in here in the opener, let's walk up and challenge everything. Uh, we felt good about the matchups. You know, they were a little bit inexperienced at receiver. We are fast in the back end. We do, we do work hard on man coverage. Uh, it's part of our overall big picture plan is to really play deny the ball, make things Take away the freebies, right? Take away the free throws and the layups. Make everything contested. Um, and we executed the plan well. I think you're spot on. We affected the quarterback, and then we played really tight coverage, made everything difficult for them. And they're kind of built to just kind of take what you give them. Uh, and there wasn't much for them to take out there Saturday. You know, the fact that you were able to shut them out in the second half, uh, this is a team that scored a lot of points last year. Uh, and to shut them out and as you mentioned 99 yards is is what they had totally in the second half and there were a couple of times where they had a chance to seize momentum in the game and you were able to keep them from doing that said it many many times that you know you can go ahead and score but the way you get momentum is when you score and then stop the other guy and 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 you guys were able to do that in the second half uh after the punt return uh, you were able to go ahead and, and, sure. and shut them down. And then, of course, that last drive was a thing of beauty because you just got the, the big guys up front just leaned on them yeah. and, um, and they got it done. Yeah, four possessions there, two critical stops, one play touchdown to Peter, uh, and then the punt return. You know, that four sequence uh, of possessions there was critical. You know, really got the momentum uh, with the touchdown to Pete and then. You know, you could just sense that we weren't going to let that go. So seven and a half minutes left in the game. We got the ball, able to finish the game there. So, you know, a lot of good things. Um, I think one of the critical moments in the game was the two-minute drive right before the half uh, where we, we got a field goal. We got a little bit of juice going into the locker room, made it a four-point game. And, and I think that gave us a little bit more belief, you know, that, hey, let's go score a touchdown here to take the lead. Uh, our defense went out and got a stop, and we did just that. So a good team win, man, across the board. All right. We got back into town Saturday. The plane landed around 7 o'clock. What was the greeting like at home when you walked into the house with, uh, with Allie and the kids? Well, uh, kids had made a big sign that said, good job, Dad, on it. So uh, that meant a lot. Uh, but, you know, that they were uh, bouncing around the house in the raging Cajun gear. Uh, even called him a little bit before going to school today. And uh, my man Charlie gets to wear what he wants, so he had all his Raging Cajun gear on for school today. So that uh, was a good day, man. Um, you know, we made a memory, right? We talked about going up there and making a memory. Uh, I think that it meant a, meant a lot to our team. 
certainly meant a lot to our staff and, and their families, but I think it also meant a lot to this community. I don't think there's any question about that. What was today like for you? Because I'm nobody. I had to do three national interviews today, so I'm sure everybody wanted a piece of you today. Well, I told Patrick, I said, we're only doing a handful of these things. we got work to do. Um, so we, we did an extra one today. Um, I think we've got one more extra that we would do. But, uh, you know, trying to get back to work and hit that reset button. We play a really good Georgia State team this week. Um, you know, and it's important that we execute our process here, uh, and hopefully we can get up and running here tomorrow. When we return, we're going to talk about that game coming up in Atlanta this weekend. The Georgia State Panthers, a team that the Cajuns did not play a year ago. So there's going to be a lot of film watching this week as they play their first game of the season this coming Saturday. We'll visit with Coach about that when we come back. Later on, Dr. Brian Mackard, Raging Cajun Athletic Director, is going to join us. And he's got to, uh, going to talk to him about a few pieces of news that we have received. And uh, we'll get into that in the second half of the show. It's Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back, everybody. Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier. All right. The coach's microphone is working now. And, uh, and life is good. Cajuns will head to... Center Park Stadium, brand new name for the Georgia State football facility. Uh, fans may know it as Turner Field because they are playing in the old Atlanta Braves Stadium. It is now called Center Park Stadium, and uh, that is now the home of Georgia State University. But they bought that entire complex. They're going to be building a new um, basketball arena right there at that site. And um, this is the first step. And, and of course, they used to play in the uh, old stadium where the Falcons played. And... Um, it was a 80,000 seat stadium and one time there was about a thousand people there and it was, yeah. it was almost like being at Iowa State the other day but sure. uh, this, is a, this is a team now that's starting to have a little success though yeah. under Sean Elliott they started 6-2 and two last year and if not for the injury to Dan Ellington mm -hmm. their quarterback which took away his mobility because he was a really good mm -hmm. dual threat guy if not for that, they would have had a legitimate chance to win the East last year because he got hurt just before the Appalachian State game. Yeah, no, I, I've got a ton of respect for what Sean has been able to do there. You know, I think they've really worked to uh, build a program. You know, the move over into the baseball stadium, uh, this just this past offseason, they moved their entire football complex into that area. Got a really nice place there. Uh, and, and he's been recruiting and evaluating well you know their roster has gotten better and better uh, i was really impressed last year i thought they were probably the most improved team uh, in the league uh, we we followed them a lot last year so we watched their tape a lot and uh, i think they've got really good players uh, hired a new offensive coordinator last year that i thought gave them uh, some some juice there so uh, it's going to be a challenge. You know, Sean's, uh, I, I like Sean a lot. Uh, he's a blue-collar guy. His players play really hard. He's a former offensive line coach. Um, you know, really sound in what they do. And uh, we're going to have to be ready to play. It'll be a 12 noon Eastern kick. And uh, they were 5-1 and one there last year. So uh, they win there. And it's going to be – we're going to have to go in there prepared, not only physically but mentally as well. Dan Ellington, of course, we mentioned uh, their quarterback is gone now. In fact, he's on the coaching staff there at, uh, at Georgia State. And uh, Trey Barnett, who had about 1,200 yards rushing last year, he's gone 
as well. They're going to start a redshirt freshman at quarterback, a young man who uh, actually got some snaps in about four games last year, to, uh, which gave him a little bit of experience. Uh, and uh, their, their top running back now had about 500 yards last year. But up front, they're mostly back. At wide out, they're mostly back. On defense, I think they got eight starters back. This is a veteran football mm-hmm. team you're going to play, mm-hmm. and one that uh, I'm sure is uh, pretty excited to open the season against a team that's ranked in the top 20. Yeah, you know, I think uh, yeah, I got eight guys back on defense. Their whole front seven, both corners. Um, you know, I think the big thing is four out of five offensive linemen, both tight ends, even the running backs that are coming uh, back have experience and were very productive. So uh, the receiver, they get a receiver back that was injured last year that was a starter the previous year. Uh, they, they present a number of issues for you. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of respect for them. I mean, we played uh, – it was a one-score game here two years ago uh, for quite a while in the game. We were able to put it away late. But uh, in general – uh, a lot of admiration for what Sean's been able to build there and accomplish there. Um, they've not played a game yet, so you don't have current film on them. Now, their coaching staff's intact, so you're, you know a lot about what their tendencies are because you watched a lot of film from last year. And at the same time, they haven't played yet, so you haven't seen this year's team on tape right. yet. Well, they, they had a little bit of attrition on their staff, new corners coach, new inside backers coach. Um, you know, so I think that new running back coach, so a little bit of turnover there. There may be a few wrinkles. It's going to be like an opener for us because we've got to go in with a plan and then we've got to be prepared to adjust based off what we're getting. A lot like Saturday, um, you know, Iowa State maybe played us a little bit different than we expected. Uh, so all those things uh, combined, I think it's going to be a challenge for sure. Your team, with everything that you went through, has learned to handle adversity. Now we're going to find out what it's like to try to handle yeah. success. And, and while I think the approach stays very, very similar, this is totally different. You know, you, you, yeah. it's, it's one thing to, to, to say, okay, we're the underdog and everybody's against us and we've got to scratch and claw and fight for everything. When they go out and they handle it, they handle it, they handle it, and they handle COVID, and they handle the, the, the loss of Coach Looney, and they handle the hurricane, and but now they have to try to handle success. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is, I would imagine, this is going to be a part of what you're going to be doing this week, is addressing yeah. that. There's no question. We've, we've talked about it a little bit on Sunday. Um, had a walk through Sunday evening for about an hour, cut them loose. Uh, they had just, players were off today, just team recovery, 11.30 and 1. Um, and then, you know, when they hit the building tomorrow at 2.15, uh, we'll see where we're at. But, um, you know, I think the majority of the work is left to be done, and it's going to be about the quality and the intensity of that work. Uh, that's what will be important. Um, I, I don't think we have a motivation issue at this point. Uh, I think they respect Georgia State. Um, I think it's different from the opponent perspective, right? I think that Georgia State probably respects us a lot more than Iowa State did. So, And they'll be a lot more excited to play. Uh, than maybe Iowa State was. So, in general, a lot of different variables here, but that's that's why you coach, right? you got to manage them all, well, work way through it. And let's remember, Georgia State opened their season last year against Tennessee, went up to Knoxville, came back with a win. And uh, so they're, you know, they're, 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 I don't think there's going to be an intimidation factor here. Right, no, there's no question. Um, 
you know, this is a good, stable program. You know, they've been to three bowls in a row. Um, they understand how to win. Uh, their coach has terrific experience. Has worked with some exceptional coaches, uh, and I think he's got a good understanding of what's coming in town on Saturday. I'll tell you what what kind of has kind of excited me so far. Um, you know, obviously with the three wins against the Big 12 on Saturday, this league is getting a lot of recognition and a lot of respect that maybe it didn't have before. But what's impressed me so far is the bottom of the league yeah. and how much better they've gotten. South yeah. Alabama won their first game, probably should have beaten Tulane on Saturday. Uh, Texas State was right there at the end with UTSA this past week and obviously a much better team on offense. Coastal Carolina finished last in the East last year, and they just went to to Kansas and won there. So every week is going to be very interesting in this league because Mm -hmm. this league overall, bottom to top, is better than it's been. Yeah, no, I think the the big picture plan here, you know, Carl Benson, uh, when he went with the divisional approach in the SEC footprint, you know, everybody's kind of in this SEC footprint. There's plenty of players. If you do a good job evaluating and recruiting in all these schools, uh, you should have a heck of a team. Uh, and I think you've seen administrations go all in in a lot of these places. They've hired some good young coaches, and um, I think they're getting better. You know, it's pretty obvious that uh, Texas State's playing better ball, Arkansas State's uh, playing better ball, not that they haven't in the past, but they look like they're um, better this year. You know, no doubt Coastal, I thought, really looked improved. Uh, and I've had a chance to watch South Alabama, uh, and they look like they've uh, made some changes. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a Sunbelt Conference, man. And for the, you know, I tell our coaches all the time, there's not a lot of difference between the type of players that we got and they got. It's going to be more about the discipline, the effort, the fundamentals. Uh, playing the situations the right way, um, being well-conditioned, uh, having a group that really enjoys being with each other and plays hard for each other. Um, that's what's been our recipe, and we can't lose sight of that just because we won a Power 5 game. How's your uh, how's your team physically? How'd you come through the game this past week? And, and I'll ask specifically about Zion Hill and, and his status because he yeah. missed the game, Dante Fleming, sure. and, um, and also um, uh, Elijah Mitchell. I know that those were the right. ones that fans had a question about. Yeah, no, we're, we're healthy. We'll get uh, Zion back this week. We also get Kendall Wilkerson back this week, which is a little bit unexpected. Um, and then, you know, Dante is uh, going to be full speed this week. He got injured in practice on Thursday early, right away in the practice. We were able to kind of adjust our lineup a little bit. Uh, but And Eli is fine, you know. Um, so we'll be healthier this Saturday than we were last week, you know. And I think really some of those guys are really impactful players. So we're deeper than we've ever been. Um, we played 15 players in that game Saturday. That, that was their first game playing for the Cajuns. Um, and that's more than even uh, years past, you know. So I think that this recruiting class that we had uh, was pretty well advertised, but I think they're living up to the hype. We will find out a little bit more about this football team on Saturday. They will take on Georgia State, kickoff 11 o'clock on ESPN. Gerald Broussard, Cody Juno, and I will uh, be over at uh, Center Park Stadium uh, for that. And we look absolutely forward to the trip to Atlanta and hopefully coming back with uh, 
when number two, we're going to cut you loose so you can get to work. Appreciate you coming by and visiting with us and uh, make another memory this week. Always appreciate you, Jay. Always appreciate the guys at Pete's taking care of us. Thank All right. You. Stick around when we come back. Athletic Director Dr. Brian Maggard will visit with us. Lots to talk to him about. It's Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier right here at Pete's Family Sports Grill from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back, everybody, to Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier. Raging Cajuns uh, heading to Atlanta, Georgia, Saturday. Take on the Georgia State Panthers. That game will get underway at 11 a.m. ESPN Television. And, of course, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns Radio Network. It'll be uh, Steve Pelequin and Chris Gannon with the uh, tailgate show beginning at 9 o'clock. Cody Juno, Gerald Broussard, Craig Malosaw will all join me uh, over in Atlanta on Saturday for uh, the game between the Cajuns and the Panthers. Happy to have with us as our special guest this evening, Raging Cajuns Director of Intercollegiate Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard. I got to ask you, first of all, when, when all of this happened and the Southland says we're not going to play, the Mountain West says we're not going to play, the SEC says we're going to do conference only, New Mexico State says we're out, suddenly you're faced with an eight-game schedule. And uh, scheduling is already hard enough, but having to do it on the fly when you've come off an 11-win season, that must, have, that must not have been an easy... How many people told you no? Oh, several. I, uh, I, I lost count. Um, it, it was challenging. It really was. And I guess that's one of the, the pleasures, uh, the painful pleasures of having a successful football season. But uh, no, I... I they were shooting us down left and right, and uh, again, I would say this publicly. I told it to his face uh, on Saturday. Very thankful that Jamie Pollard at Iowa State accepted my text. He called me right away, and uh, they actually even offered more money than I was willing to go there for, so it turned out good. Did you have a relationship with him back when you were at Mizzou? Yes, so we knew each other. We're not real close, uh, but uh, we did know each other, and, you know, Great respect for one another. He, he's a fantastic athletics director. He really is. Done a great job at Iowa State. And uh, so that probably did help, but uh, really admired him for being willing to, to schedule us. You were able also to get, to get Central Arkansas later on in the season. And the UAB game was interesting, too, because you and I had talked, and, and you'd even said publicly that you were more interested in trying to get home games than you were getting another road game and yet you were able to go ahead and do and do the uab thing how'd that come about well mark ingram and i uh their athletics record we were in a stalemate right and we were just both trying to posture each other and try to hold out as long as we could and uh he had uh for he had to for various reasons he had to get a home game he was willing to actually do a home and home with an fcs opponent to do that that's how bad he had to have a home game and so when it looked like, uh, you know, we had no other options, um, one, Coach and I had talked extensively throughout the whole process. I knew who he was uh, interested in lining up against and who was available. And so it just worked out that, uh, you know, that game was available. I called Mark, who I had a relationship from Missouri as well, and, and uh, we were able to negotiate an opportunity for us to go there. We think it's a great matchup. We think it's going to be a great Friday night game on October 23rd, and um, it, it's, it's a good opportunity for UL to – to take on one of the best teams in the Conference USA. Your, um, your team gets a win on Saturday, but they also get a win when the Big Ten's not playing, the Pac-12 is not playing, the Southeastern Conference hasn't started 
playing yet. So now, not only do you have a win that gets you ranked in the top 25, but now you have become a very desirable team as far as television is concerned. Right. You're going to be, you were on the flagship last week. You're going to be on the flagship again this week. Announced today that Georgia Southern is being picked up by ESPN2. We already know that Appalachian State is going to be nationally televised. You, I remember back in the days when Marty Fletcher, the Cajun basketball coach, was willing to play a game at midnight against UMass um, just so he could be on TV. And I remember him saying this is 30-something years ago that you just cannot buy that kind of publicity. Well, now this publicity is all over the place for this football program. What great timing to go up to Ames, Iowa and win a football game. Yeah, without a question. It's priceless. You can't put a value on it. Uh, we'll never be able to measure the true value of, of this exposure, but it's not just for our football program. It's for the university as well, you know, and, and, and there's easy that a successful football program in particular will help accelerate enrollment growth at the university. So, you know, as, as Coach alluded to, getting there is one thing, sustaining is another, but uh, I love our chances, and uh, I think it's just going to be a, a very bright year for us from a football standpoint, but I think also from a university standpoint, we're going we're gonna to see, see things grow at a, at a quick pace, in my opinion. It, um, you're still, what, 12 days away from your first home football game. I know that you, uh, Nico, John Duga, uh, and a lot of other people have been working very hard to try to figure everything out. Attendance, seating, concessions, everything. Parking, tailgating. Are you done? We are. So you'll see us roll that information out uh, as soon as tomorrow. Maybe Wednesday, but regardless, this week we'll get all of our guidelines and protocols out to the to the public. And, and in essence, we know we're at a 25% capacity with social distancing in place. That's going to take our number somewhere around 7,000 people. Uh, we know that tailgating is not going to occur uh, this season. We know that uh, alcohol sales are not going to be allowed uh, for the state uh, at our at our in our venue. And uh, so there'll be some limitations, but. It, We've got the 19th-ranked team in America to come watch, so we need people to come out and do it. And, and ho hopefully that will happen. Now, the reseeding is going on right now as well. It is. Um, and that, of course, you know, you, you sell a bunch of season tickets, but not ev and, and, and they're all in the chairback section, but not everybody's going to get this. Right. So you, you've got to do some, some reseeding. I know that's in the process right now. Not completed yet, but it's in the process. It is, and it's getting close. Nico Yanko is heading that uh, exercise up, and I'll tell you, it's not easy. Right, he's putting a tremendous amount of time into that process because, in essence, we're reseating our entire venue, you know, for 7,000 people, and we got to make sure we have six feet on each side of every ticket pod and in the front of and, and behind. So, uh, we think that uh, sometime this week that allocation seating allocation process will be completed, and therefore we can start disseminating the season tickets uh, early next week. And what you'll do, it'll probably either be a pick combination of a pickup process and or delivery process. I don't think we're going to rely on U.S. mail in, in such a short time frame. So we appreciate everybody's patience on that. But uh, the, reality, the reality is, is we will be able to take care of every season ticket holder. They'll have a seat in the venue. Uh, more than likely, very few, if any, people will sit in their normal 
seats that many of them have been doing so for a decade. But uh, as we're making our calls and informing people of this, again, we, we need you to come this year. We need you there. Stay with us, um, and uh, we'll get back on track next year, hopefully. Yeah, I was talking to, to somebody earlier, and we were talking about all of the things that make Ragin' Cajun football game day what it is. And, and we mentioned, you know, you always talk about what you don't have. And my response was, let me tell you what you do have, okay? You have the 19th-ranked team in the country. That's exactly right. That's just uh, that's coming off a, a big win. There's a lot of excitement in the community. And for so long, the Ragin' Cajun football experience was not about what goes on in the stadium. It was about everything around it. Mm-hmm. Well, boy, it's all about what goes on in the stadium now. And it would be even if all those other things were present. No, that's exactly right. You know, what the uh, coach has done and. and really three short years, less than three years, is, is no, nothing short of remarkable. And it's a product that uh, people are going to be very proud of. We all got the chance to look at it on TV, national TV on Saturday. Um, it's a real deal. There's no doubt about it. We just got to make sure we continue to, to, to put our head down and, and fight COVID along with our opponents, you know. And so, uh, but no, I'm very excited. I think it's, uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for those who, who want to come and watch the game live. But at the end of the day, we also recognize, to your point, there's going to be several opportunities. Arkansas State, in addition to, to what you mentioned, that people can watch it on national television, right? But for those who can and will come out, we need them there because we do need some, uh, some presence there. Yeah, I'm going to venture to say that after Georgia State, we know about App State, we know about Arkansas State. I'm not going to be surprised if other games get picked up as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Listen, when you're a top 25, excuse me, a top 20 team, right? when you're a top 20 team, um, you know, the opportunities or uh, abound when it comes to national television. And as you said earlier, you, you can't put a value on the fact that every time the ticker on ESPN scrolls through those scores, you know, UL's on there. Uh, so that notoriety in and of itself is amazing. And then with the AP Top 25 and CBS Sports and CBS and just, you know, anyone and everyone, everybody's picking us up and uh, from, a, from a promotion standpoint. So it's a great time. It is, in fact, a great time. Raging Cajuns have done a marvelous job of keeping their student-athletes healthy. When we return, we're going to talk with Dr. Maggard about that, take a look at the future as well. It's Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier, but more with Dr. Brian Maggard when we return to Louisiana Football Live from Learfield IMG College. Welcome back, everybody, to Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier. Raging Cajuns uh, on their way to Georgia State. They will take on the Panthers Saturday, 11 a.m. ESPN uh, television on the flagship coming up uh, right after game day once again for the second week in a row. That'll be kind of cool. Of course, we'll have it for you in the Raging Cajuns radio network from Learfield IMG College with Steve Pelliquin and Chris Gannon with the tailgate show starting at 9 o'clock. And then um, Cody Juno down in the field. Gerald Broussard sitting next to me. Craig Melosa, our spotter. We'll have all the play-by-play for you with the kickoff at 11 a.m. Dr. Brian Maggard is our guest. Your, uh, your football team uh, was able to make the trip to Iowa State relatively healthy. There were a, a couple of young folks you had to leave behind, but uh, all, for all intents and purposes, uh, a fully healthy football team. Now let's compare that with what other folks are going to, uh, through. Uh, TCU and SMU had to cancel a football game. Oklahoma State and Tulsa had to cancel a football game. Baylor and Louisiana Tech had to cancel a football game. Arkansas State between 
uh, between the pandemic and injuries were minus 20 players, eight of them starters. Georgia Southern, I want to say, had 28 players that were unable to suit up. How in the world have you all managed to keep your student-athletes, not, not just your football team, but volleyball, soccer, cross-country, how have you managed to keep your student-athletes in such great shape? Can you hear me? I'll never rule out good fortune in a situation like this, right? But uh, I think that it's really about the, the planning and protocols that we've put into place and then just a really, really great adherence of those protocols by our student athletes, our coaches. Uh, but, but I cannot give enough credit you know, to our uh, medical health care team to include our uh, athletic trainers, our team physicians, uh, local medical professionals who've been engaged with us you know, on that front. And so, uh, you know, I think the tale of tales will, will be this week, to be honest with you, to see how we fare after our first game. But, um, no, just so many people have, have put in tremendous amount of time and thought and energy into positioning our coaches and our student athletes to, to have an opportunity to stay healthy. And then to their credit, right, uh, making sure that they're doing the things the right way, we've been very blessed to to be where we're at today. I, I think you know, I think you bring up a good point because you have now played a football game. You have taken your football team to another state, uh, a state which is in the news of, of having a, a, an increase in COVID cases. Uh, in a city, uh, although you stayed in Des Moines, you played in Ames, which is one of the cities where, where it's... Uh, and although you locked, your, you locked everybody down once we got to the hotel, uh, nobody went out. Everybody stayed in the hotel, ate meals in the hotel. And even though the only place they go is the locker room, then the football field, then the locker room, the bus, and the airplane, I'm not, I'm not going to be surprised when you test on Wednesday if you have a positive mm -hmm. case or two. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would think that most folks would kind of expect maybe that would be the case. Yeah, I, honestly, I'd probably be surprised if we don't have somebody test positive. But... Um, regardless, you know, we'll, we've got the protocols in place to, to make sure that we're positioned to stay healthy. And, and again, just hats off to the number of people on the front end, in between, and on the back end who's helping us accomplish this. Now, are you going on that trip this week? I am. Okay, I am. So, so you're looking, I, I, know you're, I know you're looking forward to the swab. swab it's your, it's one of your favorite things to do. I tell you what, after that experience each time, I feel like I have COVID the way my eyes water <laughs> and, and the way I sneeze afterwards. <laughs> it was a little bit different on yeah. Friday because yes. the, you had Somebody nurses, else did it. nurses right. there that were, that were, was it any different for you? Oh, yeah. It was felt, it? Yeah, absolutely. But um, knock on wood, healthy so far, so we'll see how it goes. But yes, it's uh, it just adds a different element to the to the game, if you will, um, you know, I mean, I'm just, it, I'm nervous all the time. I'm, I'm barely nervous anyway, <laughs> and this just adds something else to be nervous about every week. I've never seen you nervous. Yeah. I saw you happy on Saturday. That's right. I was happy. I really was. I mean, I, I felt like we accomplished what we knew we could accomplish. I really did. And uh, listen, I know it's one game. We've got a long way to go, but we've taken that big step and... and and win, lose, or draw moving forward, we have elevated this program to a height, a height that we knew we could get to. But I'm telling you, the sky's the limit here. It really is. I believe that when I came in here, been blessed to surround myself with good people. And, uh, and, and we showed really America on Saturday what I think Louisiana football is capable of.
you know, I, uh, I don't know if, if you were here when I made this, com com this comment to Coach earlier. You know, you're the first game of the day on Saturday. And so you win the game, and that means that you're now the lead story in every sportscast around the country, radio, television. You're the lead story because you had the biggest win of the weekend. If that game is at 7 o'clock at night, you're still being talked about, but now you're being talked about on Sunday in the NFL's being played. What a great thing that you played that game early in the day because it just gave you that much more national publicity. Yeah, between the timing of that game and this schedule, you know, and myself and uh, the Iowa State AD were talking on Saturday, and, you know, I was telling him that, one, just thanking him for scheduling us because we believe that if we could get off to a fast start with Iowa State and win that game, right? And honestly, we got, you know, 10 more games to win. We understand that. But if this schedule has, will, will position us to compete for the top group of five position, you know, in the country. And Jamie uh, Pollard was saying the same thing about scheduling us. Felt like this strong non-conference game, the one that they get, if they could beat us, they felt like if they could make a run in the Big 12, that a win over us would bolster their their rank as well. So, and and I think that's a lot of things, a lot of things that fans maybe don't take into consideration because, you know, if you're if you're an Iowa State fan, you're maybe saying, okay, you were supposed to play South Dakota, you know, uh, why aren't you scheduling a cupcake here? You're scheduling a good football team. Why are you doing that? But I think you just answered it. Um, yeah. Because with the kind of uh, projection they were uh, having, a win over the Cajuns would have been a big deal. Absolutely. It would have been probably maybe the strongest non-conference game in, in the conference, the Big 12 conference. I can't think of who else in that conference would have played anybody, you know, like well, us. Well, it wasn't Texas and UTEP. It, I that's right. Or that. Texas Tech. Um, or Texas Tech. That's right. Yes. But anyway, you know, I think we both had that same mindset. And, you know, as we looked to backfill the four games we lost, it was always in Coach and Mine's mind that, you know, let's take advantage of this opportunity knowing that, um, you know, we could have a chance to do something special this year with the right schedule. So, again, 10 more games to go. We got it. But uh, off to the right start. I want to get back to the home uh, opener for just a second while we have time. You know, you, you – you said that you're, you're, you're about to, to release a whole lot of stuff. Anything else that besides the reseeding that's undone that you need to get done between now and next Saturday? Um, I, I think we're ready to communicate, to be honest with you. You know, we just, we know that, uh, you know, we've got some um, sales to do, right? We, we still have some opportunities to generate some revenue, you know, for this football season. Uh, we're still going to push season ticket sales. Once that's done, we'll see what we have from a single-game uh, ticket sales standpoint. Uh, I think parking, for the most part, is the plan is there. We know what we're able to do, but we'll have inventory that we can still push on that. But we know with no tailgating and no RV parking, right, uh, that uh, it's just really going to be about, you know, parking in a spot and arriving before the game, come into the venue and watch a great team play football. Will you be able to sell single-game tickets, or should fans say, oh, wait a minute, we just beat Iowa State, maybe I need to buy my season ticket." <laughs> fans should always say we should buy a season <laughs> ticket, without a doubt. But uh, I think we'll have an opportunity. You know, we'll have some opportunity. It'll be limited. It really will. But, um, no, season tickets are the best way to go uh, right now to secure your, you know, your five games at home. But um, other than that, you know, we'll, we'll be prepared to have some options 
uh, but they'll be limited. We know that. But yeah, no, buy those season tickets. We need, you know, we need people now more than ever. We really do. And I would even encourage people, if you're listening, if you don't see yourself coming out to the game, you know, take that value, $100, $120, whatever it is, donate to the RCAF annual fund, you know, in lieu of a, of a season ticket, if you can do that. Um, because again, we need the support. We need to continue to do that. When you, when you have a successful program like, like we have, and we're about to be more successful, right, it, it takes resources. And, and I, I know people understand that, but, but when you elevate you know, your, your play, when, when the team takes it to the next level, we've got to take our resources to the next level. That's the bottom line. And so anything that people can do through the purchase of season tickets, annual fund contributions, quarterback club you know, donations, any sport, any and all sports, right? We need Acadiana to get involved because we're on the brink of doing something really special here, that's something that's never been done at UL before. All right, we are going to uh, once again kick it off just after 11 o'clock on uh, Saturday from uh, that uh, brand new stadium over at Georgia State that the Cajuns have not visited with as of yet. Center Park Stadium, 11 o'clock kickoff for the Cajuns and Panthers. We'll have that for you on Saturday, right back here next Monday night to do it again on Louisiana Football Live with Billy Napier. I want to say thanks to our producer, Greg Larnard, and our engineer, Matt Golston. Thanks to Dr. Brian Maggard and Billy Napier. I'm Jay Walker. Thanks so much for joining us. Good night. <laughs>